WABC. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hi. I had my best experience with clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right yesterday. Uh, I went with Doug to uh, Yankee Stadium. That was great. This is Doug DePiro, the artist, illustrator, sidekick, and song <laughs> maven psychic. on our show. Thank you. Um, Hello, Doug. We went to Yankee Stadium, and I don't know if you saw the game, but it was oh the most God. incredible display I've ever seen. Uh, the Yankees got no hits, and first, well, I'm sorry, first guy up was Aaron Judge. They have him lead off now. And he hit a home run. First so hold on, hold pitch. on. First up, first pitch of the game. Yeah. Boom, home, home run. run. One nothing. For, Welcome to New York. One pitch. First, one pitch. And then, uh, and then there followed home, another home run by Judge, a home run by Stanton, Gleyber Torres. Donald. Um, Donald. No, I don't think so. Uh, Kiefer um, Balafel, whatever his name is. Yeah, oh, yeah. And Balafala. Frank Rizzo. And uh, Rizzo, I said. Frank Rizzo, mayor of Philadelphia. What, no, seven Rizzo. home runs, right? Yeah. Seven home runs. No, six. Six. But we scored two runs without home runs and one by eight nothing. Incredible. It's unbelievable. And I sat next to uh, Max and Nate, who said they'd be listening today. Maxination. <laughs> From uh, <laughs> Albany. And, they uh, snuck into our seats, by the way. I, and they were like, oh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I hope that... Um, they're from Albany, which is the land in which Hokal Yokel is going yeah. to lose. Good. Okay, so let's talk about the January 6th committee. Um, let's briefly review how we got here. Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats elected secretaries of state in key states throughout the country. In two states, Arizona and Michigan, they challenged incumbent Republican secretaries of state and beat them in the election of 18, largely with money from George Soros. Once the secretary of states were in place and they had the governorship in Pennsylvania, he appoints the secretary of state there. So once they had three secretaries of states locked down and the fourth one, um, Raffensperger, locked up by the consent decree he had negotiated with Stacey Abrams, they went to work. The COVID epidemic came along, and Nancy Pelosi saw her opportunity. She implemented that philosophy of Rahm Emanuel, saying, mm. let no good crisis go to waste. Yeah. And boy, she didn't let this crisis go to waste. She kept talking about how people would die if they voted, that right. 150 million people would have to show up at the polls, and half of them would get COVID. He said, she said, we shouldn't make Americans choose between voting and their health or their lives. Uh, and that incredible nonsense went on all campaign. Now, inside the Trump campaign, I got to tell you about a huge mistake that I made and many, many of the other Trump people did, including Trump. We thought that, hey, COVID is, is dying down, to pardon the pun, and the, it's not going to be a big factor because it had gone way down. Jared Kushner, who's in charge of fighting COVID, assured me it would be gone by July of 2020. And it was dropping all during July, August, September, and then it spiked again in October and November. When it got cold. And, yeah, when it began to become flu season. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and we thought that Biden was really making a fundamental mistake. 
His whole campaign was, I can handle COVID. And we said, you're running on the past. We'll run on the future. We said Trump can rebuild the economy after COVID. And we thought we had him. That a huge blunder. Well, it was no blunder because his goal was not to win votes with that, but to persuade people to vote by mail. Persuade people that it was too dangerous to go to the polls to vote in person. So they could implement Nancy Pelosi's plan to use the secretaries of state to steal the election. And that is precisely what they did. And uh, let me be clear about what happened in the election. If all people who were eligible to vote, who tried to vote, in fact voted, Joe Biden would have gotten more, more popular votes than Donald Trump would have gotten. But Trump would clearly have carried Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, and Arizona, and would be president today. So the, then, the, then the, uh, we challenged the resulting court and in state legislatures throughout the country. And the Democrats adopted a strategy of shutting it down. Mm. Uh, they got the legislatures to, uh, some of them, to not to vote for audits, the ones where they did. They got the governors to veto the bill. When we went into court, they argued lack of standing or all kinds of stuff. What needed to happen was the court system, hopefully the Supreme Court, should have appointed a special master to examine election returns in the swing states and go into great detail as to how they were cast. The last time they had this crisis in this country was 1876, when Rutherford B. Hayes was the Republican and New York Governor Samuel Tilden was running against him. And the issue there was all of these southern states that had seceded were now applying to come back into the Union. And the question was whether they should be able to vote. And within those states, the carpetbag, within those states, the Klan had so suppressed the black vote that many of them went uh, Democrat. So they appointed a commission that examined the evidence in detail, came up with a detailed finding. That's what they should have done this time. Instead, the local courts that had the authority to appoint the masters said, we're not going to do it because they were Democrat-controlled. When it went to the, to the U.S. Supreme Court, they said, it's not our responsibility to be finders of fact. We just rule on the law. <clears throat> and in any case, Texas lacks standing to bring this case. So the legislative branch and the judicial branch punted on this thing. They absolutely would not make a determination about the most important judicial question the United States has ever faced, who won that election for president. And they cut off all legitimate avenues of dissent, all legitimate checks and balances in our democracy. So what the hell did they expect on January 6th? Uh, people are going to get mad. People are going to get angry. They're going to demonstrate. It's a passionate thing to try to, to try to continue the course of the best president we've had in ages. And there was no violence. There was no guns. There were no firearms. There was no knifing. Uh, any, the only death they had was because the poor guy got a stroke. <clears throat> and one of the demonstrators was shot, probably wrongly. And five other demonstrators died. But that was not the result of... A, and, but, but they were on the other side. They were demonstrators. 
none of the cops, none of the congressmen, none of the other side were killed, and most very few were seriously injured. So at this hearing they're having, they have the, all these scenes, I was knocked unconscious and I woke up in blood. Okay, but it wasn't your blood and you were fine. Huh. And, and, the, and I'm sorry you got knocked out, but uh, the, the point is that this was not an insurrection, it was not a coup. It would be the first revolution in world history that didn't have guns. Gandhi would have been proud of it. <laughs> so these hearings are to explore something that never happened and blame it on something, someone who wasn't responsible. Uh, and didn't they, didn't they cut off what he said? Yeah, we'll I'm get sorry. to that in a minute. I'm jumping in. So, so the, the fools on Capitol Hill were saying that this was an insurrection, a revolution, and it was not. And he never gives an answer, but the fool on the hill sees the sun going down, and the eyes in his head see the world spinning round. And then when the fools on the hill presented the video testimony or the video speech of President Trump on that day, he told the crowd that he had won the election. He talked about the fraud. He talked about the stealing, all of which was perfectly legitimate and accurate. Then he inserted, then he said in his speech, you should peacefully protest, peacefully and patriotically. Right. And when they posted the video of him speaking, the committee deleted those lines. The peaceful. Peacefully and patriotically were yeah. gone. Uh-huh. They just skipped it over it. They didn't put Trump in Oh, it. we missed it. We're sorry. Yeah. Oh, geez. And uh, Dershowitz, Dershowitz called them on it. And uh, it's just very clear. It was a doctored tape in a phony hearing to investigate something that didn't happen and that had and that was and investigate stuff that was fully justified and in the American spirit. Mama didn't lie. She didn't lie. Mama didn't lie, but the January 6th committee sure as hell did lie. Sure did. So we have this this outrageous situation where this has been blown up uh, to unbelievable proportions and characterized as an insurrection and insurgency. There are efforts to deny Republicans places on the ballot because they participated in the revolution. How did they figure that? Well, they figure it because the 14th Amendment says that if you were in a revolution against the U.S., meaning the Confederacy and the Civil War, you can't run for office. Right. And they are equating a five-year war with 600,000 dead with the demonstration in Capitol Hill that got out of hand that had no guns, no knives, and no deaths. Right. Those are the two things they're trying to equate. Thank God the courts have not let them do that. But, uh, you know, in 1933... Adolf Hitler was the had, was the chancellor, but von Hindenburg, the former general in World War One, was the president of Germany, and uh, von Hindenburg was senile and old, you know, like Biden, and uh, Hitler was the chancellor, so Hitler arranged for the Reichstag, the Capitol building, to catch on fire. It turns out his people did it, and they went crazy, blaming the communists for it, blaming the Jews for it and used that as a pretext 
to, uh, to, to launch the absolute dictatorship of Germany. And von Hindenburg was helpless and let them do it. And then Hitler swept Hindenburg aside and became the absolute ruler and the president, Peter Fuhrer. And that's really what Pelosi is doing here. She was taking this, this crazy demonstration, totally out of proportion, trying to impeach a president based on it, a president who was leaving office anyway. And now they're hoping they can gin up the whole country to vote Democrat because they're protesting against this horrible oh, there's, revolution. There's enough morons out there to vote Democrat. Yeah, unbelievable. So, um, And the whole point of this was summarized very well, I think, by Rona McDowell, the Republican committee chairman, when she said the hearings were lights, camera, distraction. <laughs> very good. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Well, it's Sunday. You know what that means. Judith from Brooklyn is calling my show. <laughs> Hello, Judith. Hey, Judith, what's up? Hi, I'm listening to you. Good, good afternoon, guys. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say, First, I want to say President Trump also said to a million people there, peacefully go home. Besides the other thing. Oh, yeah, you're right. Peacefully go home. And for a million people over there. And quite frankly, I believe this was a setup by Pelosi and the Dems. She did not want to take the suggestion of 10,000 National Guards. I wonder why. She's responsible Mm -hmm. for the security, not President Trump. Plus, those riots were egged on and led by Antifa, and there's proof of it, emails of it, and John Solomon was there front and center, and all his people there egging on and creating craziness. So there's a lot that is not being revealed and not being said, and uh, that's what I feel, you know? And, and, it was, and what's the importance of it? So some congressmen got scared. Okay, welcome to the world you created. Yeah, right. And uh, welcome to the frustration you created. Well, you know, it's a rough world out not there. Not letting the judiciary it. do its thing yeah. and, and rule fairly. And uh, the restraint of that crowd in not having firearms, not having knives, not killing anybody was, I think, admirable. I don't think those people belong in jail. Absolutely not, Dick. And I, 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 what else I want to tell you? Um, I got a little sidetracked here. Um, Oh, I, I, I wanted to say you something I forgot. Back. I'm so sorry. You have our numbers. <laughs> okay. yeah. You have the hotline. Good. Uh, and Jack in Hackensack. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Hello, Dick. Hello. Dick Morris. How are you? How's I'm everything? Fine. I'm fine. Listen, I'll be quick, but I'm going to hit you with some bombshells. Uh, what the previous caller said took the words out of my mouth and others. Pelosi, Nancy, Nancy Putana was behind this. Chuck <laughs> Schumer, the rest of those thugs. The bottom line is that they didn't want, they, they referred to our National Guard as stormtroopers, comparing them to Nazis. Yeah. This horrible, phony hearing is equivalent to the Nazi trials of the 1930s. Yep. It's not a kangaroo court. I like kangaroos. It's a rat court. Why don't they investigate that Biden is going to close the East 23rd Street, Manhattan VA, and the Brooklyn VA hospitals. Why don't they investigate Hunter Biden? That's treason. Okay, Jack, I agree with you. That was great, Nancy Putana. Thanks for calling. (laughs) Uh, Now, while all this is going on, the key thing that's happening to the country is this unbelievable inflation. It has now reached the highest level in 40 years. 
8.1% uh, a year, and it's going to go higher. Uh, this is the, the sharpest inflation since 1980, and, uh, and they have absolutely not a clue as to how to deal with it. Joe Biden's response is to completely forget uh, what's going on and not comment on it, originally say that it's fine, and when they asked about inflation, he starts talking about everything else. No. Just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone home? <laughs> so there's a real parallel here between the January 6th committee and the and the work that uh, and the inflation that we're seeing. Both both crises are because are caused by democratic actions. And all that's happening is you're seeing the consequences of those actions. You know the phrase, what goes around comes around? Mm-hmm. I was looking for the Justin Timberlake song to play, but we, they don't have it in their library here. But it's uh, what goes around comes around. You should have took your albums that you have at your house with all the yeah. Justin Timberlake songs. Yeah, right. out. yeah sure. So, the, um, so the, the suppression of the judicial branch's efforts to determine the winner of the election of 2020 is what goes around, and January 6th is what comes around. And likewise on inflation, what goes around is the massive, unbelievably stupid overstimulus of the economy at the first year of the Biden presidency. And uh, you know exactly what happened. Trump had a very stable economy, growing nicely, no inflation, no danger, no recession looming. Then Biden took over, and their goal was to hype the economy Put it on steroids, sugar, sugar rush it, uh, get them, get them all excited and and active, and stimulate the economy to a point where it just completely went kaflui. Kaflui is an economic term That's, you get yeah, with your PhD. Yeah. But but the point is that they absolutely uh, just just gave the economy such a shot of adrenaline, just put it on such steroids that it totally overheated. And what I mean by that is they put so much cash in everybody's hand. Uh, by, they put cash in by giving them more $100,000 a year of pre-tax benefits if they did not work. They did it by the massive public works program. They did it by the $2 trillion stimulus package. Stimulus of an economy that was going along fine. In the, la- in the last six months of the Trump presidency, the economy had created 19 million jobs. What more do they want? And But they wanted to get the economy moving so dramatically that they could pass all of this crazy legislation and vindicate their ability to serve in the election that they stole. And yes, stole is the word. So, uh, so the inflation is the consequence of that. Uh, I've used this metaphor before. It's as if they went around the gar- parking garage and filled everybody's gas tank full. But nobody could drive because there was no place to go and everything was closed. Hmm. So the cars sat there in the parking garage on the five floors of the garage. Everyone had their gas tank full. Everyone had someone in it ready to drive, but there was no place to go. Then COVID stops or at least cuts back. The lockdowns end. The whistle goes off. The gates open. 
and they all flood out at once with all this money bulging in their pockets and this gas in their cars, and they go shopping at once. And huge amount of demand drives the inflation. At the same time, the absolute numbskull president we have uh, goes in and, and, and decides that he's going to cut back on energy production. Uh, he's going to reduce the supply side uh, as he's hyping the demand to unbelievable levels. So what the hell does he expect but this inflation? It is, it is such an illustration of how the Biden administration in Washington is. Chain, chain, chain. Chain, chain, chain. Chain, chain, chain. Chain, chain, chain. Chain of fools. Chain of fools. The fools for voting the stimulus, the fools for cutting back on the energy production, the fools for cutting back on the supply side, and then running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to somehow make sense of the system and somehow rein in the inflation that they caused. And, and it's, it, it's insane. So you watch this. You're seeing in January 6th and inflation, the consequences of the Democrat action coming back to them. What the hell did they think would happen when they stuffed the ballot box, when they changed the way everybody votes to enable fraud, and when they uh, and and when they elect secretaries of state who will appoint totally partisan Democrats, and then they go to the courts at the state courts and say uh, they're Democratic state courts, their judges rule no. Then they go to the federal court and they say the, we have only a month before we have to swear in a president. You don't have time to investigate what really happened, and in any case, they don't have standing. And in any case, you're, a tri- you're not a trial court, you're an appellate court, so you can only rule wow. on the law and not on the facts. But they did it. And then they shut the scent down, and then there's a riot. Okay, what did they expect would happen? And with inflation, they pass all this legislation with 50 votes, uh, jamming up the economy, overstimulating it, putting it on high, and at the same time shut down the supply by cracking down on energy and threatening tax hikes and all of that, and they have inflation. What the hell did you expect? Um, let's go to uh, George in Rockland. Thank you for taking my call, uh, Maurice. So I was listening very attentively to uh, theories that you raised regarding the commission, uh, comparing it to the move of Hitler, Nazi uh, Germany. And I just have one question, okay? It if it's true what you're saying, it, all what it is, it is treason. Okay, I don't, I cannot yeah. see any other way, and I was wondering if you're willing to comment on it. Well, treason usually implies working with an enemy against your own country. In this case, it's hard to prosecute themselves for being the enemy and cooperating with themselves. Uh, we have no enemy. You know, the cartoon Pogo had, we've met the enemy and it is us. Um, so I'm not sure treason really applies here, but I'll tell you what does, voting the hell out of office, which yeah, right. we'll have the chance to do in a few months. Uh, let's go to Stuart and Forest Tales. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Dick. I'm really, really uh, interested in your opinion on this. I'm terribly concerned about our chances to win the governorship in Pennsylvania, in Illinois, and especially Michigan. 
they knocked off five of our top candidates in Michigan. In Illinois, um, Richard Irvin is uh, his opponent, Darren Bailey, who's more right wing. Democrats are propping up the conservative, thinking he's an easier yeah. mark. In Pennsylvania, um, the, uh, Mastriani was propped up by Josh Shapiro because he's an easier mark. No. Are we going to fail in those states? Because if we do, yeah. mail-in balloting you're, you're, is going to happen almost, again. Almost everything you just said is wrong, Stuart. Uh, in Michigan, Rod, uh, Craig with James Craig, the police commissioner in Detroit, was the lead candidate, and he was a lousy candidate. He couldn't raise money. He right. couldn't get English sentences out. And uh, thank God he was knocked off the ballot. They did us a great service. And there was a wonderful woman who Trump is about to endorse, who really got her money together now, named Tudor Dixon, who is a TV newscaster in Michigan. And she has a hell of a shot, woman on woman, of defeating Gretchen Whitmore. Very nice. Too. The other thing is that the elections in Michigan will be controlled by the Secretary of State. And there was a woman named Kristen Kimono who is endorsed by Trump, who is the Republican candidate. We'll have her on the show. And <coughs> she really has a superb chance of being able to put it together. Uh, in Illinois, I'm not up on that, really. But uh, I can't talk about that much. I'll look into it. Pennsylvania, <clears throat> I love Doug Mastriano. He is not put up by Shapiro. It said that a few Democrats crossed over to vote for her, vote for him because they're under the mistaken impression that he can't win. He's the real Trump candidate. He, he saw the election fraud. He p first pushed the idea of an audit. And he's a courageous, aggressive guy. And he won that primary, and he's going to win the election. Take it to the bank. Pennsylvania is going Republican this year, and we will thank God that we have Mastriano as a candidate. Uh, and Michigan, we have a real chance now that we got rid of the people who were the front runners who couldn't win. But thanks for your call, Stuart. It gave me a chance to talk about it. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. A few minutes ago, there was an announcement in Washington of a deal on gun control uh, where 10 Republicans joined the unanimous Democrats in, in negotiating a deal. And it, it looks like it's going to be able to get 60 votes in the Senate and looks like it's going to go through. Let me comment on it. The thing I love about this deal is that it provides money for hardening schools, uh, which should be used for cops, for metal detectors, for all kinds of stuff. I haven't read the details of the bill, but the fact that there's money going into that is crucial, and it recognize, it's a recognition that this is the solution. Then there's money going into mental health. Good luck with that. Uh, you know, I mean, do your best, guys, but I don't think that's going to solve anything. And then there's a ban on assault rifles. Now, my worry here is nobody really knows what an assault rifle is. Uh, any rifle is an assault rifle. You give it to a soldier and he runs up the hill and there's a bayonet at the end of it and he chops somebody up and he shoots them. That's a pretty good definition of an assault. Yeah. Machine guns are illegal in the United States. It's not a question of a machine gun. Machine guns, you pull a trigger once and the bullets keep coming out. That's illegal. Nobody does that. 
an assault a uh, the M6 the the other rifles that's on AR15 you keep pulling the trigger each trigger pull is necessary for a new bullet to come out but the loading is faster and the uh, and the magazines are larger and i'm worried that in defining assault rifles they're going to define the handgun as an assault rifle sure. and use it as an excuse to try to have total gun control in the country so I want to get more details on that before we talk about it. You know, the men that wrote the Second Amendment, I just read this earlier, didn't just finish hunting on a hunting trip. They just finished liberating a nation. Yeah. Well, the Second Amendment was right after the First Amendment, duh, because, yeah. <laughs> because they felt that you need arms to be able to defend the freedoms articulated in the First Amendment. And when people say, oh, come on, it's the United States, what do you need arms for? Yeah, sure. We are listening when I talked about the January 6th commission or, or, and what uh, the hell Portland, it's going to do. Oregon, yeah. and, which they never said anything about or Kenosha, those yeah, or it, those you know, None of that matters. Right. And you had a story about Maxine Waters. Yeah, and, and we're talking about uh, Donald Trump saying whatever he said. Maxine Waters said, if you see a Trump supporter, get a group, get a crowd, and go after them, they're not welcome in this restaurant. No one got mad at that. Nobody said anything. And yep. Pelosi, when she was asked about Portland, she said, oh, some people are just doing some stuff. You know, so Judith has recovered her memory. Oh, hi, hi Judith. Hey, Judith. What's up? Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much. You recovered I your you memory. Yeah. No, you're talking about January 6th. The other thing I want to tell you is the real insurrection, the real coup is not, coup is not January 6th. That's a distraction. It's going on right now at our border. Unvetted people now going on three million. We don't know who's coming right. coming in. We don't know anything about. This is the real insurrect. This is a real coup. And guess what, Dick? How do we legally send them right back from where they came? Please tell me. Well, we had a law remain in Mexico uh, that uh, that uh, I mean an executive order uh, that Biden repealed, and now we're trying to get it back. Um, well, let me talk to you about that, Judith. I've been thinking about that a lot. And you can't ignore the polling that suggests that the Hispanic vote is flipping and going Republican mm. by good margins. In fact, when you take Biden's approval rating nationally at uh, 34% in Quinnipiac, <laughs> the single group that, dis- that approves of him least at 24% 10 lower than the national average, is Hispanics. So he's going to get wiped out among Hispanics when he runs for That's again. That's a big vote. Uh, if he does. But the Democrats are anyway. And I think that these idiots are letting in voters, people who can't register to vote immediately. We're ending same-day registration. They're going to come into the country. They're going to be part of the Latino community. And as the community moves to the Republican Party... Most of them are going to move with them. I think the Democrats are basing their recruitment of illegal immigrants on the assumption that, number one, they'll be able to commit fraud and get them to vote before they're citizens so there won't be any waiting period. So they'll vote Democrat because they just crossed the border. That's wrong. That won't happen this year. And the second assumption is that the Hispanic vote will be Democrat, which it was last, which it was eight years ago kind of four years ago, really not in 2020, and certainly not in the coming election. So I think they're outsmarting themselves. Now, um, 
gas prices uh, today hit $5 on national average. <clears throat> That's the highest level ever. I paid six eighty, six seventy nine, nine ten. I like the nine yeah. tenths. Well, that's in New York. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Six but five dollars national average, and uh, by the way, part of that is the taxes on it, uh, right? In New York and other states, and the Lincoln Tunnel because you're going why, to the tunnel, you need gas, you got to stop. Why don't they? Why don't they repeal the gas tax or suspend it? Yeah, when highway mileage is down. Fewer people are driving less. The answer is that they know that the revenue from the gas tax is going to drop because people will drive less with the high cost of gas. And the highway lobby, the construction industries that control the Democratic Party, want that money so they can move ahead with their highway stuff. That's why they got the infrastructure bill passed, so that they could continue to make money. And the Democrats put it through because they're beholden to them. What is the their percentage? Clients. What is the percentage that that tax? Well, it varies by state, but in most states, it's pretty high. It's uh, it's it's almost uh, ten or fifteen percent. Wow. <clears throat> so, the uh, in some states it's not a percent. In some states it's a flat amount. Uh-huh. But the point of that tax is it's the only tax we have that is specifically earmarked for a purpose. You can't spend it on anything but highway construction. So it's the lifeblood of those unions, and they are the lifeblood of the Democratic Party. Sure. Let's go to uh, Ralph in New Jersey. Well, you know, uh, thank you for taking my call. As you know, uh, economics will trump politics in this election because you know, this this whole January 6th spectacle, this is nothing but uh, about, you know, the politics of the day, a spectacle. You can even call it a diversion, okay? And uh, the whole point on this, I don't know what is, okay? What you're going to get out of this hearing also, I don't know what you are going to get out of this. Yeah. So, but, you know, economics always trump politics. And this uh, Biden inflation is really squeezing the economic bottom line of everybody. Ralph, you're, you're absolutely right, and I believe this hearing was about, as Rodney McDowell said, lights, camera, and distraction. Yes. And on gas prices... So uh, let's go to Gracie in California. Hey, Gracie. Hello, Gracie. Hi. Uh, uh, how are you? Listen, I'm here visiting. I'm a New Yorker. Okay. They're not I could never tell. Oh, really? You couldn't tell by your accent. I could never tell. Yes. You sure I'm you're not a New, New Yorker? Yorker. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from the Bronx originally. Okay. okay. Oh, the First of all, two things. Well, well, my mother used to take me shopping there, obviously. Listen, you are fabulous. You should be on an hour a day. You are like a college course. You explain <laughs> <Yes>. things. So- <laughs> no, no. You are you are terrific. You are wonderful, and you should be on an hour a day. Listen, the gas here is crazy. Yeah. I filled up the tank Ugh. last Sunday. Six dollars. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm lying. Five dollars and ninety six cents. But but wait, it went up now to. 
608, oh and every God. day it's going up. Yeah. But they're nuts here. I have friends here. They're, they're dumb. I can't even talk politics with them. Oh, no. Like, like they're really dumb, dumb. Well, they don't the key, understand anything. And the key can't point to make, Gracie, is that, and thank you for your kind comments, the key point to make is that gas, higher gas prices are not an error of the Democratic Party. They are the goal of the Democratic yes. Party. They are deeply committed to the idea that gas and car, fossil fuels are destroying the planet. The evidence is not there. Uh, all the outcomes that people say are going to happen haven't happened. Uh, there is some warming, but it's not anywhere near what they're looking at. But for them, it's the only issue in the world, and they want higher gas prices, just like they want taxes on cigarettes because they want higher tobacco prices because people will use it less. And that is what's going on. It is not a mistake. Biden says, oh, how can we lower gas prices? Change your mind (laughs) if you still have one. And uh, don't just stop doing what you've been doing. Thank you, uh, Gina. Let's go to uh, Gracie. Gino in the Bronx. Hi, Gino. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Dick, uh, you know, I'm going to have to disagree with you about illegal aliens uh, not being allowed to vote. They vote routinely. I was in a group that my ex-girlfriend, the Puerto Rican Marilyn Monroe, organized, and they made sure that they signed up as many illegals that came across the border because nobody bothers to check voter registration, yeah. mm. most especially your party, the Democrat Party, and Hilda Beast Rotten Crotch Clinton. The Clintons <laughs> would never have been elected to office, and you would have been the evil genius that allowed them to be president of the United States. Now, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. Gino. Hilda we, built, we built a wall. Uh, Bill Clinton built uh, 500 miles of wall. Uh, on the border and cut illegal immigration enormously. That was something I was really pushing. Uh, when we took office, there were 250,000, laughable now, illegal immigrants a year, a month, a month, I'm sorry. When we left office, it was down below 100, uh, and we built the wall. So, um, But other stuff you say about my former boss is accurate. But let me say I this like about the— I I love that. About the illegal— immigrants voting every state 30 30 states are passing laws that prohibit same-day registration and require photo id in order to register to vote and the states that are not we're going to elect governors and secretaries of state in them and i think we and you're quite right that they use illegal immigrants as the tools for voter fraud they're the phony people that sign in in the name of dead people hmm. or people who've moved away. But that's not going to happen in 2020. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority PriorityGoldGuide.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Bernie Sanders. 
Bernie F. And Sanders <laughs> made the following statement yesterday. He said the Republicans are going to win the election of 22 overwhelmingly. He said we're going to take the House and the Senate. And he said to his Democratic colleagues, colleagues, his colleagues are in the Communist Party, but his, <laughs> his, his adopted friends in the Democratic <laughs> Party, you really can't win an election with a bumper sticker that says, well, we can't do much, but the other side is worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so that is Bernie's advice. You're gonna lose that girl. 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 If you don't treat her right, my friend, you're gonna find her. Speaking of losing that girl, let's go to Rob in New Jersey about the New York governor's race. Uh, yes, I have two. First of all, how are you guys doing today? Good, good Rob. Fine. Okay, so the first question I wanted to ask was a national question, then the New York. Um, basically, I've been I follow Twitter, and there's been a lot of uh, I guess uh, tweets on Twitter saying that once gas hits six fifty a gallon, this house will go three hundred seats to the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's the first question. Then the second question is, uh, on New York gubernatorial race, uh, I think that Lee Zeldin, even though they're, they're giving a lot of play to Andrew Giuliani, but the true segments of the true polling with the primaries, I don't think Andrew Giuliani has a chance because the people that vote in the Republican primaries are usually over the age of 60 years old. And... I just think that that's it. What do you think? Well, uh, on the national situation, 300 may be a stretch, but, you know, 280, 290 isn't. Uh, I think that the Republicans are going to make massive, massive gains in the House. And I think that it will be increasingly rare to find a white Democratic congressman. They're they're the true endangered species. They're the snail daughters of our time. Uh, because the the only folks that are going to win for the Democrats are blacks and Latinos. And uh, white men uh, are basically going to be extinct in the Democratic Party. Uh, and, and in the Senate, obviously we're going to hold the seats that we have. Probably we're going to win Arizona, Georgia, New Hampshire, this and Senate. Nevada. This is Senate. Senate. Yeah. So we'll be at likely 54 votes. And then you have a slew of races, including, by the way, Chuck Schumer in New York, where Joe Pinion has a chance to beat him. Joe. And uh, Blumenthal in Connecticut, who has a chance to lose. And uh, Patty Murray in Washington State. She only won with 55% last time. And Ron Wyden in Oregon, who got 56%. Oh, and on the list of the four, a fifth one, is Bennett in Colorado, who won with 50%. He only won because of the libertarian candidate mm-hmm. taking away votes. <clears throat> so I think 55 and more is likely in the Senate. It won't get to 60, but somewhere between 55 and 60. Now, in New York, um, first let me say this. The Republican will probably win the election for governor of New York. Wow, that would be great. Let me repeat that. The Republican will probably win the election for governor in New York. And the Republicans will probably take the state Senate back as part of that, not the assembly, but the state Senate. And I think that that will inaugurate a massive, massive change 
in the politics of New York State. Oh, please. And it won't be a Nelson Rockefeller kind of Republican. It'll be a Republican Republican. And uh, I think there are three good candidates running, Zeldin, Giuliani, and Estorino. <clears throat> we had Estorino on two or three weeks ago. I like them all. I think any of them would be good. I'm not going to endorse one or the other at this point because it would be just counterproductive. Any of them is okay. Don't get so invested in it that you're not willing to support the winner. Right. But we have a shot at taking back New York State's governorship. And, 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 I haven't polled it yet. In fact, I'm about to. Maybe we could defeat Chuck Schumer. Hmm. Thanks for calling, Rob. Let's go to Nick in New Jersey. Hi, Nick. Hey, Dick. Um, yeah, we give unemployment benefits for inflation and deflation. Um, yet my family is dealing with these estimates that are treated as property um, with no ability to innovate a contract. And uh, the con- New Jersey Consumer Fraud Act, I mean, it's just as oxymoronic. I'm not sure I understand article. your question. Yeah, just some laws are just so oxymoronic. Okay. Um, you know, just like Article 1.8. Um, with, you know, camp, tuition, medical, unemployment benefits that are tax-free or just bond tax in general, not uniform. Oxymoronic, I get. Uh, Good Democrat. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Let's go to Richie in the Bronx. Richie in the Bronx. Um, Good afternoon, Mr. Morris. Hi. Um, I assert that the Second Amendment envisions arms with military usefulness. Firstly, the generally agreed to purpose of the Second Amendment is to ensure that the people can resist a foreign invasion or tyrannical domestic government. Either event would involve confronting military forces. Therefore, arms with military usefulness must be envisioned. Secondly, the actual text of the Second Amendment mentions specifically or alludes to only one activity, and that activity is military in nature. It's not meant... Yeah. Richie, I I like your question. Let me comment on it. First of all, I think the main purpose of the Second Amendment is personal protection. I think that the government has failed completely in protecting us, and in many states and jurisdictions, it doesn't even try. Uh, Manhattan is one of them. San Francisco used to be. They voted that idiot out of office. Los Angeles, I hope he's next. Philadelphia, I hope he's next. But with the government not protecting you and defunding the police that could and straightjacketing them by making them liable for their actions and uh, all kinds of stuff like that, uh, I think people should have the right to defend themselves. That's first. Secondly, a moment on history. The, there was a romantic fantasy at the time the Constitution was adopted, before that, during the Revolution, that militia would be enough to win the Revolution. We didn't need a standing army like they had all over Europe, <clears throat> like could topple the government like they did in Rome and in the ancient times and get, do away with the Senate and do away with democracy. Uh, we weren't going to have a standing army. <clears throat> we weren't going to have a professional army. We were going to have Minutemen. they drop their plow, they take up their gun, and they mm-hmm. go and fight. And the reality of the revolution is the militia was basically useless. Uh, 
in at the beginning of the militia when you had a siege situation in Boston, uh, militia was helpful uh, in basically standing in line, not retreating and firing till they see the whites of their eyes at Bunker Hill. <clears throat> but in the South, militia was just swept aside, and only trained professional soldiers worked. So I do not believe, and, and in the United States now, uh, I think that, that we have a professional army, and I trust it. But I see the Second Amendment much, much more as about personal protection. And uh, I believe that it takes away from Congress the right to decide what kind of armament you have. Uh, although, obviously, certain types of armament, like machine guns and howitzers and stuff, uh, can't be spread among the general public. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Jersey. Hey. Yes, Dick, thanks for taking my call. You know, that moron in the White House <laughs> came on TV, I forget how long ago it was, and he seriously said that we only have 10 years left uh, or the climate will do something. I don't know what it's going to do. Yeah. So when we look at this guy and we see him do all these imbecilic things, the reason is because there's a foundation there. He <laughs> believes this junk science. Yeah. And we have to start talking about this science is not real science. Believe. These are climate computer models. Yeah. They are not real you're, science. You're There's right. nobody on the face of the earth that knows what the climate is going to do. You're, nobody. You're right, Jerry. We're running out of time, so I cut you off so I can answer what you're saying. Very good points. Yes. Uh, first of all, the climate monitoring system in the world is not great. Uh, we really can't tell what's actually happening throughout the world. Uh, secondly, when you look at the predictions that were made. Very reputable people said it would no longer snow in Britain. That's news to the British. They said that uh, that the that drinking water in the United States was a thing of the past. Uh, we wouldn't be able to drink our water. Uh, they said that, uh, that snow would be a novelty. Uh, just all kinds of stuff that was supposed to happen 10 years ago and 20 years ago. The third point I want to make is that when you confront something like this, build dams, build dikes. Uh, Venice is underwater and has been for over 100 years. It's kept habitable by dikes that are built out at sea. A third of the Netherlands is underwater. It's inhabited because there are dikes. Uh, take mitigation measures like dikes, Wendy's. move people away from the coastline, there is going to be a rising sea level. It's not going to be catastrophic. And prudent measures can prevent it from being really serious. Um, glad you asked me so that I could answer that. Okay, so the January 6th committee is as a result of what goes around comes around. If you shut off legitimate avenues of protest, what the hell do you expect? Thank you, and Thank I hope you, you have Dick a really Morris. nice it's an honor. weekend. Thank you. Thank you. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 